0: Hello and welcome to the Tokyo Prenatal Center podcast. I'm Kathleen Rowan, your host. I'm a birth and postpartum visionary as well as a movement medicine coach for prenatal and postnatal students. And today what we are gonna talk about in the podcast is pain and pain is something that I talk a lot about with my students because it's probably the number one fear that prenatal students have is pain during labor and birth. It's a very common thread of conversation within the culture as a whole, that it's generally known that, that labor is painful and that you know, people say it's the most painful thing you can do in your entire life. And there's plenty of stories from your friends, from your family around how painful and long their labor was. And I feel that a big part of my work is to, to kind of pick this apart and start to understand why is there this really common thread of pain and labor um yes there are intense sensations in labor however I think we need to start reframing our beliefs around pain and labor so that there's a lot less fear so this is all coming to me because I injured my ankle a couple weeks ago I sprained my ankle in a dance class and it reminded me very clearly of our reactions to pain in our body and pain is one of those interesting things that You can't recall the feeling of pain. So when I think back to my births, I think back and I have moments that I look back on that felt really hard, for example, but I can't physically recall the pain in my body. So right off the bat, I think that's really interesting because our bodies are are well designed to not have that recollection of what the actual pain felt like. And so when I got this injury, I was very clearly reminded of what pain feels like in the body because um, I haven't had an injury in a long time, and I haven't given birth in a couple of years. So what I noticed in my patterning was every time that I was going to take a step, I was holding, tensing, clutching, bracing, lifting my weight off of my injured ankle, which makes sense, right? It's a, it's a pattern that we develop when we have an injury so that we don't continue You know putting pressure on that injury but just listen to those words one more time hold tense clutch brace lift all of those words are the opposite of what we need during birth birth is grounded low released open and earthy so when we think that labor is going to be really painful we already have a reaction in the body. Our body already understands the reaction that, that should take place. So, if we know it's going to be painful, our body's going to do the holding, tensing, clutching, bracing, lifting rather than the grounded, low, released, open, and earthy experience. So, that brings us a little bit to the fear, tension, pain cycle. So, fear of pain causes tension, causes tension in the body. Whether you actually have the pain or not. Even just thinking about something painful will cause tension in your body. If you think about someone pretending to punch you, you would flinch, right? You'd hold yourself away from the pain. You think about when you're driving a car and maybe um, someone kind of veers into your lane, you hold yourself, you hold tension into your body for most most cases because you, you are anticipating that there could potentially be pain. So interesting that we just by thinking of pain just by the perceived pain um, we we create tension in our body so let's talk about why tension matters not only is tension not great for our entire body like we're going to get tight muscles we're going to get pains just from that tension think of tight shoulders you're holding your shoulders tight all the time you end up getting pain from that but the uterus also needs us to release so the uterus has muscle fibers that go longitudinally and latitudinally. So they go up and down and they go around. So what happens in a contraction is that the muscles that go up and down, that go longitudinally on the uterus, they start to pull up the muscles on the base of the uterus which is the cervix. They start to pull up those latitudinal or you know, the muscles that are going around the cervix. They start to pull those muscles up and that's what starts to dilate the cervix. So if you're relaxed, that muscle contraction is going to work properly. So you're gonna be released. The contraction of those long muscles going up and down just naturally pulls open the muscles that are down at the base of of the uterus. Now if you're holding tension in your whole body, you're squeezing your face, you're squeezing your hips, you're squeezing your arms and your shoulders and your back and your feet, and you're squeezing everything on the inside of your body, when those long muscles try to pick up those latitudinal muscles, the cervical muscles, or the around the cervix, the, the muscles going around are not going to release. So that dilation is going to be a struggle. It's going to be like the two muscles are working against one another rather than one muscle works and the other releases. And so we can think about this more simply with our bicep and our tricep. So if you had a weight in your hand and you were going to do a bicep curl. What has to happen is that your tricep on the back of your arm has to release. That's a proper, mu- proper muscle contraction. Now, if you wanted to engage your tricep, you would straighten the arm, maybe reach it behind you a bit, and your bicep is going to have to release. So they can't both. They when they fire both together, they fight one another, and we can't have a pro- the the cervical dilation will happen properly. So releasing is really important, not just to conserve your energy, but also to actually have your your cervix be able to dilate quickly and without too much struggle. And I'll say one more point on that, which is that it is very energy consuming to be holding tension and fear in your body. And I found that even with my injury, Laying down and trying to do some release work, just meditative release work, I was noticing the amount of residual tension in my body and how much energy that was draining from me because my muscles were having to hold on all the time. So it's the same thing in labor. A large part of making it through labor, it's like a marathon, and you have to be able to release between those contractions. So being able to practice quickly releasing is a is a really great skill. So what happens is that we start to expect that there's gonna be pain. And we, and I, I mentioned this at the beginning, that we have this societal conversation around labor is incredibly painful. This is especially true from an authority figure. If, we, if our authority figure could be our healthcare practitioner, it could be our nurse, it could be someone that we really respect, like um, our mothers. Some people like, uh, it could be like a close friend, like someone that who's, whose opinion and experience you respect, tells you that it's very painful, that's going to be, it's going to have more weight for you. Versus if someone were to say, you're doing great, you're going to be fine. It's not going to be that painful, you're going to be okay, you'd have a very different, you'd be ready for labor in a very different way, most likely. So another thing that causes pain is attention, so focusing on the pain. And this is where some of our comfort techniques come in that we can start to have different areas that we focus on. So I think a great one is breath, practicing a long, long breath. So contractions, even at the height of your labor, are probably only going to be one minute long. And then you have a break between contractions. And I like to always say to people, you can do anything for one minute. It's one minute, you can do it. You know, you, and then you get a break, you get to relax. And so when we use our breath throughout that one minute, it can help to redirect our focus. So our inhale becomes very long and our exhale becomes very long and your focus can be on counting how long your breath is. And this is a great thing to practice prenatally. So you'll inhale and you'll count how you know, how many numbers can you get to. Maybe you can breathe up till six or eight and then you exhale and maybe you even exhale for longer. How long can you exhale for? Can you exhale till 10? And so using our breath to get us through each contraction so that in the end we haven't hyperventilated and done 50 breaths within a contraction maybe we've done three or four rounds of breath within a contraction other things that help us focus away from the pain is touch water um, water therapies so being in a tub or a shower having your partner massage you or having your doula massage you um, sense music so you using tapping into your senses what are your favorite senses to stimulate and how can you use that during birth so another thing that adds to pain in labor is fear well we talked about that and the um kind of untrained nervous system so what i mean by that is that we tend to live in our sympathetic nervous system which is our fight or flight nervous system and we really need to train our nervous systems to come back to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest nervous system. And to me, this is really the base of all preparing for birth, is that we need to understand our parasympathetic nervous system. We need to understand how to release, because once you can release and get into that rest and digest nervous system, all of the other things orchestrate beautifully. So it's kind of like your nervous system is the conductor to this amazing symphony of all of these things that are happening. And when that conductor is focused and centered and being able to, to conduct the symphony well things will just it'll happen beautifully and everyone will do their part beautifully but when the can the, the conductor is maybe a little had too much coffee or a little wired or feeling scared that there's going to be a tiger attacking their back you know like if they get a little um uncentered then the symphony gets a little bit off so for example our uterine muscles won't work the way that they need to when we're in that fight or flight all right So, there's a couple more things that I want to talk about with pain. I want to talk about what reduces pain. So, we we have talked about um, getting into the parasympathetic nervous system, we've talked about having um, practices that we can do to help us get there, we've talked about breath, we've talked about stimulating our senses, but we also have this beautiful orchestra, like I said, of hormones. So we have oxytocin, oxytocin creates really powerful contractions and it's increased by staying calm. So the more powerful the contraction is, you could think think of it like this, the more powerful the contraction, the least amount of contractions you need. (laughs) So not necessarily that you want to have pitocin or something to augment your labor, but just by the natural hormones that you have, if you can release, you're going to be way more effective with your contractions. And then we have endorphins and endorphins can actually be 200 times stronger than morphine, and those are also increased by staying calm. And then of course we have progesterone and estrogen. Progesterone drops and estrogen increases, and this stimulates the uterus, which stimulates relaxin. Relaxin is the hormone that's in your body in pregnancy that makes you a little bit more flexible, a little bit more lax in your ligaments, and relaxin will help open your cervix. So you have you know, without any kind of medication, your body has this amazing system, this amazing orchestra to give you pain relief. So another thing we can do to reduce pain, we can understand good versus bad pain. This is something that I encourage people to practice in their movement practice prenatally, because when we move into, for example, a yoga asana or a Pilates movement, or you're going on a hike and it's feeling really challenging, Feel what that feels like in your body. Notice that there probably is pain coming up, but you are able to differentiate it as good or bad pain. So if let's say you're in a chair pose, so you're working your quads and they're starting to really, really burn, but your body understands that. Your body understands that's not dangerous pain. This pain is not an injury. Now my injury for example, when I sprained my ankle, immediately I knew this is bad pain and that's why I was, my body then reacted in a way that's like oh I should limp and I can't put weight on it and I had all of these compensation patterns happening. So practice that in in your movement practice. And I will say that that some people have practiced this more than others. And so there are people who really shy away from pain even in their movement practice. And if that's you, that's something to really look at your relationship to pain in your movement practice. You get into an asana and then you start to feel, oh, there's something happening in my shoulder here. I'm just going to abandon ship and stop the asana instead of exploring hmm, why is my shoulder talking to me like this is does this feel like a dangerous pain or does it feel like a pain that's actually maybe helping me strengthen or helping me understand how I should move to a different um, adjustment in this in this asana and I want to say that too about labor and pain and labor is that when you are attuned to your body you're going to move in ways that will reduce your pain. So if you are in an environment in which you're not being told to stay on the bed or stay in a certain position and you're able to freely move around, your body is going to naturally navigate you to positions that feel better. And so that's one of those pieces that's like just trust that your body actually knows what it's doing. It really does. Another thing we can do to help reduce pain is practice our mind-body connection in pregnancy. We already talked about that using comfort measures that direct your attention elsewhere. We talked about that. And then downloading new beliefs. And in my opinion, beliefs are, our brains basically are like computers and we can download new beliefs at any time. And how we do that is that we can find evidence that there are such things as easeful births. Now, there are some childbirth education methods that say that, pain does not exist in labor and this may be true for some people and this may be true in some circumstances but I honestly think that is a bit misleading I don't like to say oh it's a painful contraction when I'm teaching childbirth education because again that re- that directs your attention to oh this is going to be painful so I will say things such as the sensations are very intense they might not always be painful. Sometimes they might be painful. But again, when we're doing our, our movement practice, for example, and we're feeling something happening deep in our muscles and it feels like really hard work and we're feeling like, oh, I wanna get out of this, we know that that's not dangerous pain, right? We know, and some of us may not even call that pain. So it can be the same thing with a contraction. Um, but I do think it's a little misleading to say there'll be, if you do something correctly, if you do a certain technique correctly, there'll be no pain. I don't think that's quite true for 99.9% of people. So let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about beliefs here. So our compu- our brains are like computers and we can download new software at any time. So what I encourage you to do is find evidence of easeful births. Talk to people who've had births that went really smoothly. Maybe they didn't go the way that they planned them, but they didn't feel that there was huge amounts of trauma in them. And they felt that things happened rather easefully. And they felt that they were able to completely cope with all of the sensations that came up. And maybe I should share my birth stories on here now that I'm talking about this because I had two beautiful And relatively easeful births. And I say that to people and I can see some people shut off when I say that because they're like, oh, birth can't be easeful. But truly, of course it was hard work. Of course it was intense, but it was relatively easeful. (laughs) So now I'm thinking maybe I should share my birth stories on here. So when we create new beliefs, we want to find our subconscious sabotaging beliefs. So for many of us, that's, ooh, labor is going to be really, really painful. I'm not going to be able to do it well. One way you can find your sabotage, like what are your sabotages, how are you sabotaging your own labor is visualizing and then realizing what comes up when you visualize. I also think I'm going to do another podcast on visualizing in birth because I think it's really helpful. So what I mean by that, just I'll just skim the surface of this, is that if you're visualizing a beautiful birth and then suddenly the doctor comes in and says, oh, it's time for cesarean, your brain is sabotaging your beautiful visualization. So you need to work a little bit into why is that sabotage coming up for me? And how can I alleviate that sabotage? Um, I don't think that was a great example. Like I said, I think I'd like to do a whole podcast episode on uh, visualization, but anyway, you're looking for whatever is sabotaging your, your beautiful birth visualization. Um, notice whether your negative beliefs around birth cause anxiety or reduce anxiety and then find a belief that you want to work with around birth that will reduce your anxiety so we can create and reprogram new beliefs by mindfulness being mindful about what our thoughts are what our beliefs are repetition like having a mantra or having something that you say over and over again to help kind of short circuit some of the brain patterning that's trying to tell us all of the stories that our society is telling us about pain. Talking to a trusted source or authority figure So asking, again, maybe you have a midwife who you can talk to and and ask them, you know, is it going to be really painful? Can you describe to me in a way that helps me to alleviate my fear of the pain? And then truly find new evidence of your new belief. So when you've downloaded a new belief into your brain computer system to say labor is going to be intense and I'm going to be able to handle it, perhaps that's your new belief. Find evidence of that. Talk to people who've been through that and who can share and support your beliefs. So that wraps up my podcast here on pain and pain science. This is a little excerpt from... Childbirth education class that I teach. So um, but it's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite conversations to have. And like I said, it was very clear to me in my experience the past couple weeks of having an injury and and working around how uh, how to work with that injury and remembering the sensations of pain in my body. So I would love to hear from you all. If you thought that was interesting, feel free to reach out, say hello. I would love for you to review the podcast, give it a five star if you liked it, and then please subscribe. If you have any other topics you'd like me to talk on or riff on, feel free to reach out and I hope you'll have a lovely day.